I do to help? You will take part in this event in a couple of ways. Anything you need, Father God. My salvation plans is to send my son to earth. I will make ready the hosts of heaven and will proclaim his arrival throughout the earth. That is not my plan. I am first sending you to a virgin in Bethlehem because it is through her the Son of Man will be born. Then you will go to her betrothed, Joseph, and in a dream you will share with him what you have already shared with Mary. Wait, Messiah will be born as a baby? Isn't that making him too vulnerable? It is all part of my plan for the salvation of mankind. Gabriel, your responsibility will be to tell Mary that she will have a child. You need to be clear and compassionate with her because she is a virgin and will not understand. I will do as I am asked, but what if she does not want to go through all of this? She will. I have seen her heart and her love for me. So when the time has come for the Savior to be born, will the heavens be filled with the announcement? Not like you may think. I will send you to the meek and lowly of the earth. The hosts of heaven will go to the shepherds and announce to them that they are to seek the Savior, that the Messiah is to be born and they can find him wrapped in strips of cloth. And in what palace will he be born in? Not a palace, but a barn. Not a bed, but a manger. Father God, are you sure? This does not seem to be appropriate for the Son of God to be born in such a way. There should be a great celebration. All of heaven should announce this powerful event. He should be dressed in fine linen and surrounded by palace guards. People from all over the world should come and worship him. No, no, Gabriel, that is not my plan. He will be born in a very humble way. He will come to those who are poor and the outcasts. He will not be like the other kings. He will come to serve, not to be served. But Father, isn't there anything we can do to announce his birth in a much grander way? Gabriel, this is the way and this is the plan. I want to give you this warning. As he gets older, he will give his life for all mankind. But Father, he is your son. Yes, I know. And at some point I will forsake him and turn my back on him, and he will die alone. No, please, Father, isn't there some other way? Gabriel, you are a faithful servant, so understand this. Jesus will become the sacrificial lamb for the salvation of all mankind. So, if people place their faith and trust in him, they will have eternal life. Father, that seems like a very difficult way to save mankind. What if people choose not to trust in Jesus? They must. There is no other plan. They must. There is no other plan. The angels were created by God to do the work of God. Just as we've heard in this fictional narration today from Gabriel, 
He was willing to serve God in any way that he possibly could serve God. Angels mean messengers. In almost every example in the Bible and in the scriptures, we read that that's what the angels did. They came to mankind and gave messages, gave instructions. So today we're going to look at who came to Christmas, and it's the angels. Last week we saw that the angels came to Mary and to Joseph. To Mary he said, do not be afraid. You are a favored woman. And to Joseph he said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And this week we're going to see one more of these very impactful moments as the angel shows up to the shepherds. We're going to read in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the glory of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel assured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, laying in a manger. I think one of the reasons, and this is just my personal opinion, one of the reasons we don't see angels in our, in our dispensation, in our time, is because we are the angels. We are the messengers of God. He's using us to share the message. Uh, there is one angel. I, I've never really experienced an angel or had an angel experience except every morning I wake up next to one. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> She may have just become the angel of death to me. I'm not sure, but she may have. <laughs> but angels had such a significant role, and especially at this time of year. Angels were used by God to make announcements of very high and important announcements. Announcements, as I mentioned, with Mary and Joseph and, and now to these shepherds. So if you do me a favor at this moment, just take, take, take yourself back to a hillside outside of Bethlehem completely dark, no LED, no bright flashlights, just a group of shepherds, maybe a small fire, and all of a sudden, the radiance of God's glory shines out. No, I don't know about you, but like the shepherds, I would have been terrified. I would have run for the nearest rock, tree, whatever I could hide behind because I didn't want to experience what I was going to experience because usually when some big event like that happens, a flash of light, that's not good news. But the angels came to comfort the shepherd. Even in this moment where this big, huge, traumatic event happens, an angel speaks out of the brightness, and he says, 
Do not be afraid. I'm a shepherd. I'm on the hill that day. I've gone, yeah, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not doing that. I'm scared to death. But for something, whether it was his voice inflection or whatever, they stopped and they listened. They stopped and listened. And then the shepherd, in a very comforting way, I think he, he would have said, don't be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy. I don't know about you, but I love good news. Good news is so much better than bad news. I love good news and hearing people share stories of the, of the good news. Um, many, many years ago now, my, my, my son, uh, he, he turned 16 and I, I bought him a car. It was a Rolls Harley. It rolls downhill and hardly made it up the other side. But it, it's one of those. And thank you, Jeff Braska, for that one. That was really good. But uh, it wasn't a very nice car. It's just point A, point B kind of car. But you would have thought I gave him a thing. And I remember we had a bow on it. It wasn't one of them Lexus bows. <laughs> just to let you know, it was just like a little bow. And we stuck it on the roof. and. You know, we thought we were doing pretty cool. And, and when he walked out, he looks at me, he goes, what? Is this for me? Uh, he was really surprised. And, to, and that day, it was good news of great joy for both of us. I don't think I experienced much greater joy than that, than blessing somebody with something that was beyond what they would thought they were getting. And it was great joy. So good news is, is great. And good news itself is comforting. Because bad news is not good. I remember being at college and getting a message from my dad, from my RA, saying, call home immediately. That's not good. And they informed me my, my cousin had, had been killed in the Air Force in a plane accident. And, uh, and so if you have a choice... And the angels shared good news of great joy. When we hear good news, it's exciting. We're anxiously awaiting what that news is. It's kind of like Christmas. We anxiously await Christmas and, and what that's going to be. It may be for some of you that anticipation of the Amazon package. I don't know what it is, but it's good news of great joy, which shall be for all people, even the shepherds. The second thing we see is the angels proclaim that the Messiah will be born. In verse 11, it says this. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, in the city of David. So not only were they comforting, but they also shared this good news. As I think of good news and shared the story of my son Brandon in his car, that's, that's good news. That's pretty good news. But this is like the greatest news ever. A Savior was coming. The Messiah, the one that had been promised to the world since 
Genesis 3.15. From all that time, those hundreds of years, a Messiah had been promised, and now the Messiah had been born. What greater news could these shepherds experience than to know that the Messiah, and he came not just for the rich and the famous and the wealthy. He came for everyone. You love to share good news. And good news can bring great joy. You would think that the announcement of the birth of Christ, like it was said in our opening fictional narration, that Jesus would come to a palace or from a temple, but no, he came to poor shepherds on a hillside outside of Bethlehem, just completely opposite of what you would have thought or where you thought the Savior of the world would be announced. The King of Kings, born in a manger. He was also announced to the poor, the shepherds, the insignificant people in this world, because that is the way his earthly life would begin. From the beginning of his ministry, Jesus cared for the poor, for the disadvantaged, the widows, the outcasts, for those that, whom the world takes advantage of. So we should not be surprised that the angels came to shepherds and shared with them. But that's not where the story ends, does it? Because it says here, remember, they're out on a hillside. It's dark. And it's one angel. But then all of a sudden, this is what Scripture says. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others. Thanks to these angels sharing with us this morning. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. Well, last of all, we see that the angel invites shepherds to find the Messiah. Just as the shepherds were invited to Jesus, these angels, these messengers, were invited as well. Come to Christmas. We as his messengers are invited to come to Christmas. If you've not experienced the Savior in your own life, if you haven't experienced the power of life-changing power of Jesus, the angels are inviting you to come to Christ. They will give you peace on earth, even in the circumstances of this world. Christ can give you a peace that passes all understanding. You will find the Savior if you seek him. The scripture says, if you seek him, you will find him when you search for him with all your heart. I have an adopted granddaughter. Her name's Abigail. She's about this big. The reason I know that is because when she comes, she runs to me, grabs my leg, and says, I love you, Grandpa. And I pick her up, and I hug her, and I say, I love you too, Abigail. I love you too. That's the kind of open arms that Jesus has for us. We just need to seek him. 
And when we do, he will find us and he will embrace us. He will open his arms to us and we are welcome. That's what coming to Christmas is all about, coming to Christ and experiencing him in, in his life and what he can do for us. Running into his arms like a child runs in to their parents' arms or to their grandparents' arms. The other challenge I leave you is with this. We are angels. We are the messengers. God has no other plan. We are it. We need to tell the story. We need to invite people to come to Christmas. We need to be inviting people to know Jesus and to meet him just as we have met him. You never know what will happen to those that we invite. I mean, look at the shepherds. Their lives were transformed. They became really the first evangelists. It says that they went out through the cities and towns sharing their story, and it says, and people were amazed at what the message of the shepherds had to say. We are his messengers. So we should get messaging. I'm not very technologically challenged. I am technologically challenged. I can't even say technologically challenged. <laughs> but we all have these, don't we? Many of us do. And if you don't, good for you. Because I'd like to throw mine in the crick sometime. But this is, um, this is a tool that you can use to message and invite friends. We have, a, we have a website or a link that goes to our website. You can take a picture of that link. You can type that link into your phone and you can invite others to attend to who's coming to Christmas. Next week is another group of people that are coming, another representative. And so please feel free to do that. Invite a friend to come to Christmas. We are his messengers. We are the people that Jesus is counting on. And so just as the angel back in the day stood on a hillside or came to a hillside outside of Bethlehem and said, I bring you good news of great joy which shall be for all people. Let us do the same. Let's pray. Father, help us to be the messengers. Help us to be the angels, the representatives to those that need to hear the story of Jesus. Lord, empower us today to have the courage, to have the strength, to have the ability just to say to a friend, hey, I've got good news of great joy that is for you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. We always give a little homework, and here it is. You may surmise what it would be. But the first thing is on our next step is this. Invite others to attend our Who's Coming to Christmas weekend. Face-to-face -face is a great way to do that. You know, most people come to church on the arm of a friend. It's just a proven thing.
So if you have a friend, bring him on your arm. But if you are a little shy, hey, try message. <laughs> Say, hey, I'll meet you in the parking lot. And the second thing we'd like you to consider is this. Consider attending the Christmas Eve Eve service to allow room for guests to attend on Christmas Eve services. I know. It could possibly be seen as an inconvenience, but it's that time of year when people are most open to hear the story of Jesus. So let's make as much room as possible so that people can hear the news of Christ. Let's stand together.